Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, as you may be able to tell, um, I have been a bit under the weather for uh, the last couple days. Um, we're at the point where it sounds worse than it feels, um, but that also means that this is going to be a uh, terrible voice acting less uh, every, episode. Every voice actor, every every voice is just going to be Batman, ladies and gents. That's, yeah, pretty that's much. That's what it is. Yep. Um, so yeah, unfortunately my, my throat is just not going to allow any attempts at doing things. So apologies for that. Uh, also we delayed recording a couple of days to try and clear up as much of this as we could. Um, so editing time has also been restricted. This is going to be a very lightly edited episode as well, just to get those disclaimers out of the way early. Also spoilers. Um, Yes, uh, we are going to be discussing Season of the Wish, all of the events that happened, at least for the first week of Season of the Wish, all of the lore cards that are available in-game currently for Season of the Wish. Um, so I know there's some API stuff out there that is accessible that is not in the game yet. We're not going to be talking about that. Um, we're not going to be talking about dungeon stuff. We're going to have a dedicated episode for that uh, next week. So excited um, for that stuff, too. Yes, that'll be a fun one too. But this is Season of the Wish, at least the first week and items in game now. If you have not played it yet, I recommend going going and doing so because uh, there will be spoilers. Yeah. So. Hey, first spoiler. Here, there be Dragonsmith. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Well, A, A Dragon, a at dragon. least. A Dragon. Part of uh, a Dragon? Dragon Spirit? Yeah. Ethereal dragon? I don't know what the fuck to call her. <laughs> so the season starts, uh, and if if we if uh, you played last season or, or saw the um, conclusion of uh, Season of the Witch, um, we learned that the, the Ahamkara egg that Savathun had been holding onto in cold storage, I guess, um, was the key to getting to the witness. Uh, presumably we would need to wish with a, use an Ahamkara wish to get to the witness. Uh, at the end of that season, I, and I think many others were under the impression of like, we're going to need to hatch this egg and have a fresh Ahamkara to deal with or uh, were we something. Gonna get to play mommy and daddy dragons. At least babysitting. Oh, that's so sweet. But uh what what ended up happening instead is, you know, this this egg was confirmed by Mara to be uh one of Riven's eggs prior to her corruption because it was a uncorrupted Ahamkara egg. Um which kind of brings the question. I I know this is kind of interrupting a bunch, but how many eggs can an Ahamkara have? Did we shot 40 of them? I mean, presumably a bunch. I I don't know. Like, I mean, you think about like reptiles in our world, if we're going to oh, try and equate sure. this, uh, I mean, you think of like sea turtles and, and those kinds of things. Komodo like, dragon. Yeah. They, there's, they, there's the potential for them to lay many eggs in a single clutch. Okay. That makes more sense then. Uh, so this is Riven's egg. And rather than deal with the egg itself, um, where the season takes us is we're going to be dealing with Riven or, or the, the spirit of Riven. Um, 
the in-game explanation that is given by Mara to uh, Crow, who kind of has the same question of like, what is this? <laughs> um, yeah. She she says that when an Ahamkara dies, its soul leaves a stamp on the world, and that stamp can still insert some some influence. Kind of like and, the bones uh, do. Right. Like the bones do, the bones that whisper to us and the various lore cards for things like the skull of Dyer Ahamkara and the young Ahamkara spine. If, uh, if also, also, if y'all, if if nobody has a clue what we're talking about with Ahamkara and stuff, we did a whole series on Ahamkaras. Yes, check it out. Yes. Um. But so, so they leave this this stamp on the world even after death, that their their soul or their personality or, or whatever you want to call it is tied to this impression they leave on the world, and Mara and her Techians have a way of uh, kind of energizing that stamp, those remnants of Riven, until she can take on a semi-corporeal form. And that is what we are dealing with when we're talking to Riven during the season, is this, it, 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 she is still dead, she has not been resurrected, it's that her soul is being amplified by the abilities of the Techians and Mara, to be allowed to take a physical form. Okay. So it's not it's not a it's not a resurrection, it's not a spirit, it's not a, a projection or anything. I guess I guess projection is probably the, the projection is probably the closest, the closest thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which also what what the hell I know this is a wish thing. What the hell, Mara? What magic did it, are they like between her and her techians, do they just have just random ass magic? Well, a lot of the, I think, I think the short answer is yes, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can do some, they can do they, some shit. Like, they can do the some hell? things, um, but we've we've seen that they can do some crazy things. Like, yeah, you know, the the Awoken in general um, are half light and half dark. They are made of both. Yep. Uh, they so were they, birthed so they are from... naturally paracausal then. Yeah, they're naturally paracausal, and I think okay. they're they're naturally paracausal in a way that they they literally have a foot on either side from birth. Okay. And if they, you know, I I would argue the Techians have probably been using some form of dark energy since forever ago. Oh, sure. sure. It's just they they use it under a different name and or a different uh, implication, but we know that mentally they've been able to project themselves through the astral plane. I yeah. uh, we know they and, can make like weapons out of they can weaponize right it in the with form the of, the harbingers weapon. yeah like they can and and I've always understood that as they are literally like unmaking things from time or, or or maybe not time unmaking things from existence with that weapon yeah they're they're like at a molecular level disintegrating yeah. yep um so yeah we we don't have a clear scope of what all their abilities are. But we've Apparently seen them do them crazy stuff in the past. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, the, the Techians are what are allowing this spirit to continue to exist, presumably for the entirety of the season. Um, and the bargain that uh, Riven and, and Mara come to, uh, Mara approaches Riven and is like, we need to wish for you to show us the way to, to the witness. 
And uh, Riven, who is uncorrupted at this point, um, like this, this soul uh, does not is not taken anymore. Um, is a hundred percent in control of her own faculties now. Essentially, tells Mara like, no. <laughs> like, I love that line when she when she when when Riven is like there's this the the opening scene is really really cool between the two of them and she just comes to her and she's like hey I need this and Riven just looks at her and goes I refuse and as soon as she said refuse like I'm pretty sure every person in Destiny that knows anything about Amkara was like they can do that <laughs> right like what like what? <laughs> what the fuck is happening here i mean they don't just and, mindlessly grant wishes right and then she goes on to explain more of like i don't need something i, I don't i don't need what, what was it myth it, um it was, it, was, it was like i don't need to i don't need the facility to to grant one i just I just it was something it was something different. I, she worded it different. Yeah, I don't I don't have the the dialogue in my head. It's it's been a little bit. That's okay. Um, but yeah, essentially it came down to like, I'm dead. I yep. don't need sustenance anymore. So even the the prospect of this being food for me is no longer on the table. I uh, and you know, I you need me far more than I need you. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, she's like, You're you are the one that imprison you know, you and the Awoken imprisoned me in the Dreaming City prior to Savathun and Oryx getting their hands on her. Uh, which she's not terribly happy about being imprisoned. <laughs> uh the Guardians murdered my entire species and then eventually me. Uh like I have no reason to do anything. Fuck everything in the soul system right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's in the soul system, I don't give a shit about it. Like, yeah. So a bargain had to be struck to get Riven to uh, assist us with uh, getting access to the witness. And the bargain came down to her going, Well, I see you have found one of my eggs. There are others that I kept from you, her speaking tomorrow, uh, intentionally. As kind of as a a hail mary for my species to not be eradicated. Uh, oh, I'm okay. So th- I don't know why I never really realized it till now. The eradication of the, uh, like the great hunts that was happening at the same time the Dreaming City was was being constructed, right? Uh, I think it was shortly after. Um. It's it's hard to say for sure, but I I think it was the the Dreamy City was constructed and then the Great Hunts happened, okay. uh, but it it was it wasn't it wasn't that far off because I remember there being a lore card, uh, in the Dreaming City book, uh, I think it's just literally titled Riv- Riven, where right. Mara is talking to Riven about like oh so and so Ahamkara just died, uh do you mourn your own kind like kind of yeah, 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 yeah. having that discussion. So yep. I, I'm, I was under the assumption that that death was because of the great hunts and therefore so they were so, already in the city. Right. So then Riven would have known that like her species is actively being hunted down and eradicated. Yes. Well, and so, the Awoken provided the weapons for the great hunt. Oh shit. There. Yeah. When, when we were talking about in our Ahamkara episode, uh, the guardians were meeting with, 
uh, oh, techians right, and, like and corsairs. And yeah, to be provided weapons right, to, right, right, right. to go hunt them. Yep. So. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. So, needless to say, <laughs> Riven has zero reason to work with anybody involved. Yeah. Uh, and so she says, okay, you, you, know, you have one of my eggs. There are others. Our bargain will be that you will find and retrieve and keep safe every single egg that is of my clutch that, that I hid from you. And in return, I will grant your desire. Be nice if she gave us a number on them, right? Like, so we're not just like, yeah, find ten of them and bring them in. And we're like, hey, we found all ten, and she's like, well, there's another one, and we're just like, are you just gonna keep doing this to us? <laughs> so I feel like that's gonna be each week is like, hey, here's here's the final egg, and then she's like, Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, well, there's a couple things about that. So, uh, the the first thing being, and th- this may me may be me reading too much into it, but the dialogue specifically Riven says a every single egg so she's she's putting the like not 90% not most of them like if one of these eggs is gone the deal's off the other oh, like thing even even not of our accord right like right. this if, this is a full this is a full on like you find all of them or you find none of them type yeah. type deal like if you are not able to retrieve all, well, to to in Riv, to Riven's advantage, if you retrieve ninety nine out of a hundred, I don't have to do our deal, and I still have ninety nine of my eggs safe. Oh, sure. So like so she, her favor. right? She might be banking on one of those eggs going missing, or one of those eggs being yeah. destroyed, or you know who knows. Kind of like, um, like a, a, a like secret like like. A secret little f you to Mara and the right. Guardians. Like, thanks for eradicating my breed or my 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 species. I've got him back now. Bye. Right. Uh, the other thing is, she does not when she's making the bargain with Mara. She does not. Ex- Riven never explicitly says, "I will grant you passage to the witness," or "I will show you how to get to the witness." She oh. says, "I will grant your desire." speaking to mara oh, and mara's never been able to be fed off of because she is like ah, well and mara and mara's desire may not like deep down may, may not, not be, be to oh get to the god. witness oh my god so i don't know why i didn't put two and two together in that scene and realize that but like I, I I knew I knew going into that scene like and and we all know this from from our Awoken series, uh, Mara was never able to be fed on by Riven, and that's right. why Riven was so attracted to Mara. Like there was this enigma, this like almost like black hole that that was like it. it, it she Mara is was always described as uh, uh, her her reality is the way it is. Because Mara is so sure of it, like her will right. is reality, and so because of that, like the the Riven could not feed on her, and so for for her to hat for for Riven to word it that way means that Riven might know something, and so I can think of one desire. Well, one the desire one that Myth the and one I time have been theorizing <laughs> about forever. Well, and the one time that Riven was ever actually able to feed off Mara was in the conversation between Mara and Sheer Ido. 
tell uh, you if her actual if her lone desire is, is to, to have Sheer back. back. Oh my god! I would Again, lose my fucking mind. Might that, be reading too much into what, it. If that's but what it is and Riven's like, yeah, here's your desire. You got your one. Bye, genie in the bottle. Disappear. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up, but that's super awesome. I mean, it it could very well be. Again, might be reading too much into it, but it could very well be like. Halfway through the season, we find all the eggs, and Riven's like, all right, and Shirido just appears. And she's oh like, God. I've fulfilled my end of the bargain. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I, I like that idea of just Marvin, Mara, or Riven just, like, looking around the room, like, looks left, looks right, looks at Mara. Bye. Just waves one little tentacle and just disappears, and you're just like, hold the fuck on here. How do wait, we, wait, wait, no, wait. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> Techians, bring her back. <laughs> well, needless to say... We are not the only ones that distrust Riven's intentions. Sure. Uh, because Osiris is actively seeking out a alternative method of accessing the witness that does not rely on Riven. Because uh, magic is dangerous. Exactly. Um, as much as I called him a stupid warlock before, and I apologize for that, <laughs> he was stupid at the time. This is the he's 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 getting smart now. So he he is approaching things from the veil. Uh, to to Osiris, something about the veil and the light, or the veil and the traveler, uh, allowed the witness to, you know, go to wherever they went. We know now the pale heart. Um, so he's he's trying to like reverse engineer that and be like, okay, yeah. if we can discover how the witness used that to to travel into the traveler, then we can just do the same thing. And we don't need to follow Riven's, you know, rules. Yep. Logic. Just let's, let's logic and science our way through. I, I love mortal Osiris now. I, I, immortal Osiris was a little obsessive. Uh, mortal Osiris is, eh, he's a little cocky, but he's not, he's not bad. Um, but he's, he's, he's approaching all these problems with a logic standpoint, like all throughout Lightfall and strain and stuff. He approached everything very logically, very like, how do we do like like what's the next step like let's kind of go through this and hypothesize and figure out like what what can we do how does this strange stuff work i know it's dangerous but we, we know we need it um and here we're seeing kind of the same thing like he's trying to logic his way through these uh um through this issue and say well how do we do this without wish magic because wish magic is that dangerous yes well and and the other thing is like this we are creating we're trading an immediate problem for a long term problem by dealing with right. riven because what we are doing by finding these eggs and keeping them safe is ensuring that the Ahamkara come back. Yeah. Like we're we're ensuring that, that that wish dragons will once again be in the soul system, which is a has the potential to be a very destructive force. Mm-hmm. And even if it's like, hey, we saved everything from the witness and we pop back out from the pale heart, and now there's a bunch of dragons flying around granting everyone's wish. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, and, not, and I think that's the important part too. Not just everyone's wish, everyone's desire. True. Yes. Yeah. Like that's that's powerful as shit. So we will have to keep an eye on uh, what actually gets granted from Riven, if anything. You know, who knows where Monkey they'll take the story. Magic. Yep. I'm telling you, this is it. This is the season myth. I mean, it she's, she's it feels back. like it's got to be now she's or now. Coming back. Uh, she's coming back. She's gonna ask for her bow, and I'm just gonna present. I'm gonna kneel and present it to her, and say, 
yes, my my queen's wrath, this is yours. Please, I've kept it safe for you. Here it is. And she's just going to take it up and string it up, and she's just going to start kicking ass and taking names. I It would be interesting to have her come back in that way um, when she seems to have such a strong tie to the nine. Like It, it would be right. weird to not have the nine play a part in... Because that's the whole thing Shears in the lore return. part of the bow is, is, is I, I believe it was in the bow where it was the betrayed, 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 and it was nine times. Yep. And then the coin was The strange coin the was strange on her body. Yep. So like all of that ties to the nine. And the fact that she was titled as lost, she wasn't dead, she wasn't gone, her bow was still there and the coin was there, but that was it. So it's like, yeah, the fact, if, if she would just come back through a wish, now granted, what better way to do it, right? Like wish magic apparently yep. seems to run the whole goddamn Destiny universe. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> through through Callus, through Eris, through whatever. Wish and magic just runs the Destiny universe. I've accepted this <laughs> as the fact. And we um, will see from some of the readings today that that trend <laughs> continues. It's not it's not a lost trend, yeah. Uh so yeah, so it's it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if Wish Magic was the way that we got Sheer back and and the nine just had nothing to do with it. Cause like I, we haven't really had a, uh, um, an interaction with the nine in a very long time. Right. Not since like, like prophecy dungeon. I don't think that's what I'm saying. Like it's been a long time since the nine have even been mentioned. So it, it, I'm curious. I, th- again, I know this is a, a season of the wish, but since we're talking about it, I'm going to bring it up. I'm curious as to why they are, they have taken such a back seat as to just watching everything play out. I know, you know, we, we did a whole episode on the nine. We did a whole series on the nine. They're part of the planets. They're, they're like the spirits of the planets or whatever. Um, and maybe they just don't care. Maybe they're just like, hey, we got our emissary. We've got somebody that can talk to, can talk back and forth. We finally have something that that we can use. Like maybe they're maybe they're satisfied. Maybe that's all they wanted. I don't know. It just well, seems I'd... odd that they've taken such a back seat since prophecy. And prophecy would have been yeah. right before Beyond Light. I think so. Yeah. So we're talking two years yeah i mean the three years the thing about the nine they have no individual agency like they can they can talk to each other but they they can't even directly talk to us and they have no real effect on the universe like physically so like yeah they haven't done anything but on the other hand like what would do they, they do? Right. Like, do they even need to do anything? Like, they have their emissary. They have their communication device. And they've got Zer. And Zer's this weird, I don't even know what to think, broken back dude. Yeah. Um, I feel so sorry for him now that I know why. <laughs> he has <laughs> a fuck, like, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it just seems odd to me that they've taken such a backseat. But, again, like what you said, they, they may not have a reason to. They may just be I mean, sitting pretty and sitting happy. I, all I would think they'd do is be like, hey, go deal with this problem because it affects us too. But we're already doing that. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But um, back to Season of the Wish specifically. Uh, so, that's kind of the state of things. We're, we're going through, we're finding these eggs um, and retrieving them. And presumably that'll be a once a week kind of thing uh, as the story progresses. And we'll see if it uh, culminates in a wish or if there is some twist somewhere in uh, that goes a different direction. But the one other thing I did want to point out that was interesting is when you go through the quest chain to get that first egg, 
the first time you get there, the egg is missing. And Riven's a little pissed about it. Well, yes, Riven <laughs> did not expect that. Yeah. She that's that's news to her and and she kind of the the facade cracks a little bit when she's like you stole it you're trying to double back on our deal like mm-hmm. you know this is no i need all of my eggs safe in perfect shape otherwise the deal is off i uh, and it, like it was right out the gate we're, we're already getting this this level of like she's, yeah. she's ready to just be like get the hell out of here yeah and and it it shows that like riven has a um very clearly cares about these eggs cares about her offspring uh but also that someone else is acting on these. Someone else is has done something to remove these eggs from their normal hiding spots. And as we discover, they've been kind of like flung out into the ascendant plane and are are the the comparison they give is they're they're like comets in the ascendant plane that we have to wait for them to line up just right with our plane to be able to go get them. I'm telling you. Sabathun. And very likely, honestly. Like Sabathun. So okay, so that's the other so Destiny Universe runs on Wish Magic and Sabathun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally these are the only two things that matter in the Destiny Universe. And I mean Sabathun's only in the Destiny Universe because she wished to live longer. God damn it. <laughs> Granted, that was with a, a worm familiar, not a Ahamkara bone, as same, far as we know. Same damn, same damn magic. But yeah, kinda. So uh but needless to say, um that's that's kind of the gonna be the story cadence, at least it seems like it will be so far. Every week will be a new egg. We'll get a little closer to making a wish or something happening. Uh and we'll we'll kinda ride along and see what happens. But uh we have a um, decent amount of lore cards that have dropped with the new season that uh, we're going to go over. Um, there isn't a big cohesive story between any of these cards. Like the armor set doesn't tell one character's point of view or anything or or the weapons. They're, they're more just like moments in time um, following different people, which is, is fine. Uh, I do prefer personally the more like the, a story within the armor set kind of thing, but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, we're gonna, those are, are gonna inform us as to kind of a, like why a bunch of Ahamkara running around would be bad. Um, yeah. and B like the, the general, um, I guess the general vibe check of the city and, and the city's allies, uh, and then we're going to get into like the ghost shells and the ships and sparrows and stuff. Uh, and those have some really big implications that I'm excited to talk about. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to start with the lore card attached to the seasonal artifact, which is the queen's foil sensor. Uh, and this is, uh, just kind of a little, um, rundown really on what ahamkara are for anyone that uh is not familiar with them up till this point so uh this the lore card goes like this 
This report is assembled from the collected journals and accounts of light-bearer participants of the Great Hunt, in which the Ahamkara were purged from soul. Wishes A verbally expressed desire expressed within audible range of any Ahamkara. This wish is granted through invocation of something known as the Anthem Anatheme, which appears to be a manner of subjecting reality to one's will, similar to a light-bearer's ability to affect paracausality. However, little is known about how this process unfolds in practice. Henceforth, the wisher enters a binding contract with the ahamkara, Though many Ahamkara will purposefully manipulate or misinterpret the parameters of this contract to draw greater nourishment from it, often causing calamity to the wisher. Light bearers are expected to refrain from expressing wants or desires in the presence of an Ahamkara. Verified Facts Ahamkara bones somehow retain intelligence, sentience, and a manner of speech yet to be defined post-mortem. It is surmised that an Ahamkara's corporeal body is not its true form, but just its representation in our universe. Ahamkara feed by granting wishes. These beings possess an innate ability to alter reality and consume the quantum chaos that results from such an act. This is theorized to allow them to transcend reality. The above information regarding altering reality is supported by data confirming species-wide capability to shift form into a wide variety of living and inanimate and inanimate structures. Wishes, while seemingly less potent and more difficult to initiate, are still able to be granted from Ahamkara bones. Ahamkara are not solitary creatures. Many adults patrol vast distances across soul alone, but their territories overlap and disputes are very rare. While Ahamkara do not typically hunt in packs, there have been sightings of hunting pairs and in fact, they do not appear to prey on each other at all. One report, uh, In one report, a dozen Ahamkara on Venus had congregated at a nexus of their territories without conflict. Unverified Facts Three reports from Old Russia claim Ahamkara wielded the light. This has never been confirmed. Seven Ahamkara that evaded and slew their light-bearer pursuers are still unaccounted for. This report is believed to be in error in its totality. That is the end of that reading. So, a lot of confirmations here. Um, just general knowledge of, of the Ahamkara. Uh, the, the, the audible wish portion, I didn't realize, was a, a requirement of the wish. I always thought it was yeah. just a desire. Um, but it does, it does seem like, now reading this, it does seem like it does have to be an audible wish. It has to be, I'm assuming it has to follow like the genie wish rules, like say the magic words, like I wish whatever. <laughs> well, um, real quick, we do need to remember who the narrator of this is. These are files um, from the Vanguard's kind of archive. Okay. Uh, the Vanguard 
may not necessarily know all of the rules that an ahamkara uh, needs okay. to grant this a wish. This is just like what their understanding is. So right. Far. They what just know what they've the, observed. Yep. Yep. The, the observations. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, fuck, there's another one in there too. I can't. Anyway, uh, so th- th- there's there's that. Then there's the um, uh, th- the bones still have a um, again. I don't know what to call it. Like they call it here an intelligence, uh, some sort of speech, or whatever. We uh, th- that was the other thing. The yep. ana anathenum. An- 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 fuck, that's a hard one. <laughs> Anthem anatheme. Anthem anatheme. That is the O blank mine, O noun yep. mine, O murderer mine, O O mortal mine, which River refers to Osiris as, which I absolutely find hilarious. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that is like the binding contract. It's like putting that person in the possession of the Ahamkara, and then uh, we also know that it, they they will misinterpret wishes on purpose. Uh, yep. Because otherwise, like, hey, I've granted your one desire. Okay, cool. You have no more desires. I can't feed off you anymore. I guess bye. We'll see you later. No, that's not how that's not how a feeding process works. If you find a source, you're gonna keep feeding from it. So, uh, then there was the Venus report. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I don't care how much Bungie denies it. Those are those are freaking wish dragons <laughs> flying around on Venus on the intro to uh, uh, Vault of Glass. You you cannot convince me otherwise. Now this report has now either either Bungie's poking fun at us, the players, and just being like, "Ha ha, I see you, and I raise you, and question everything," and or they're just being asked about it. Which fine, I don't care either way. I'm I'm accepting it as there are there are wish dragons, or at some point in time they congregated on Venus. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then the un- unconfirmed portions. Those two were interesting because again, it it's like. Ho- hopefully they are just unconfirmed. Otherwise, hey, let's create speculation and question just for the sake of creating speculation and question. <laughs> Kinda player, like what the hell? So three three reports from old Russia claim the Ahamkara wielded the light. Um, there's no way, right? Like there's well, no way they can wield. I mean, they are paracausal. So they like... are they are paracausal. They they make physical things happen in the universe without a clear cause. Um, I mean, we we speculated uh, a while ago. I think in our Ahamkara episode, maybe before that, that you know the worms and the Ahamkara are just two separate kind of evolutionary paths of the same species, and right. the worms went went in went and used the dark, and the Ahamkara went and used the light to try and accomplish very similar goals. Uh, so not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, not out of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't be surprised to see an Ahamkara, like, you know, create solar or arc or, or void energy in the same way I, that a guardian I, does. I still want to see this inanimate object, Ahamkara. Yeah, that that one's I, a little I, like... I want to see a fucking riven desk and <laughs> me just come to sit down at it and start typing away at my work. And then all of a sudden the desk just morphs in front of me and I'm just going to be like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Uh, the other unconfirmed or, or unverified was that seven Ahamkara evaded their light bearer pursuers and are still unaccounted for. Um, so that's that. that's potentially I, I, seven Ahamkara that survived the the hunt, the great hunts. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess I guess that's the question of like, what does that mean for the 
for the Ahamkara species? Like, is that just right. seven of them just running around rampant, making wishes this whole time? Like, well, I have to think that they would be smart enough to not to like can, not be seen, right? Right. Like, yeah. Our whole species uh, just got wiped out. Like, maybe we just sit back and you know find something stupid to feed off of. Like, let's feed off of lizards or something. I don't know. Like, right? Maybe maybe they left the soul system altogether. Like, oh sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, like we're not even here anymore. Like they, yeah. Like, hey, this system eradicated our species. To hell with this system. These guys are assholes. Let's leave. And they, and the seven of them were just like, okay, bye. Yeah. So, okay. un unknown what happened to them, or if that is even accurate. Uh, or if it's but real. Like, what it, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but it appears that perhaps seven Ahamkara escaped the hunt. Um, at least seven, I should say. Yeah. So just a more, more or less just a rundown on like, hey, here's the bullet points on Ahamkara in case you didn't know going into the season. Uh, but now we're going to take a look at some of the lore cards on the weapons for this season. Um, and there's some interesting discussions in, in some of these weapons between characters. Uh, the first one we're going to be looking at is the uh, Appetence. I, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, which is the seasonal, uh, I believe, trace rifle. Uh, and this one is a discussion between um, Ikora Ray and Mithrax. Uh, and so the lore card for this goes like this. Ikora starts, and every time I look up at the portal, this gnawing doubt in my mind grows bigger. Mithrax. Doubt is the shadow cast by wisdom. It is only by questioning that we uncover profound truths. What troubles you? Nikora responds, I've spent centuries studying the light, mastering it. I thought I knew something, enough. But watching the witness carve through the side of the traveler made me feel ignorant, and I realized how little I actually know. Mithrax, the secrecy of the great machine has troubled many elixni. Ido has these same fears. Ikora, but not you. Mithrax, I am reminded of the sea-hunting ritual many guardians enjoy. Ikora, Fishing. Mithrax. The guardians throw their hunting lure into the sea in faith that many creatures live there, though they cannot see beneath its surface. And standing silently on shore, they might feel helpless, for they cannot affect the sea. It is too vast and too powerful. Ikora. I knew I disliked fishing for a reason. Mithrax continues, In the face of such power, we must act with patience and humility. A fish hunter should not dwell on the invisible depths of the sea. This is only a distraction. Instead, they must focus on the fish hunting itself, the feel of the line and the ebb of the tides. Ikora, and that works. 
Mithrax, I am happy to stand on the shore, appreciating the beauty and power of the sea without understanding it, without controlling it. I have faith that, in time, the sea will reward my reverence with its abundance. Nicora, the sea provides? Mithrax, it does, Nicora Cal. It does. Well, that's the end of that lore card. Oh, that's a sweet. I like that one. That's a good one. I do. Yeah. I do love that Ikora acknowledges that uh, she is less powerful than the sea. So we have found something that outpowers Ikora. It's the ocean, <laughs> or just the act of fishing. I can't. I can't figure out which one she hates more. Yeah. Well, I. She she definitely dislikes fishing because she does not have control over it. Um, but you know the I core a little bit of control freak there. A little, little bit. A little bit. Uh, but yeah, the the analogy here being that like you know just because you are using the powers of I think the sea in this case is the traveler or the light sure. or the universe and yep. in, in as a whole, just because you use what what it has made available to you doesn't mean you need to understand everything about it or even expect to be able to ever truly control it. Sure. I, you know, and Mithrax being very, um, very reverent in the way that Elixni are towards the great machine and the light in general. Um, he, this, this is his faith. He essentially, he's telling her like, you know, we need to be okay not understanding everything and have faith that you know things will work out okay. Yeah. Well, so. then he the the Icora responds in kind. The sea provides, which is that's the light you know, provides. Myth, yeah, exactly. That's Mithrax <laughs> line of the light provides, and he and he he like he I I know he like uh, he sees it and acknowledges it and and uh, just a real quick you know like. It it sure does, Icoracel. It sure does. <laughs> like you, you, you got the point I was trying to make yep. here. A little light bearer. Yeah, it was that was a cute like oh. So where we have Icora and Mithrax kind of talking about the light and uh, the universe in in, in general. Um, the next weapon lore card that we're going to read is talking about the dark uh, and specifically stasis and how I. Uh, Stasis can be thought of in many different ways, and all of them may be correct. Um, so we're going to look at the lore card for the scalar potential. Uh, and this is between Elsie Bray and Commander Zavala. And it goes like this. Elsie Bray, during a, a meeting with the commander, is that everything, commander? Zavala. Well, no. There's one more thing. I wanted to ask you about stasis. What it means for you to wield the darkness. Elsie, I was wondering if you might ask me that. For me, stasis is intimately tied to perception and to time. Commander Zavala, time. 
Elsie responds, yes, stasis has the power to slow molecular activity, a process that we normally associate with gravity, relativity, and all of that. Zavala, you're talking about time dilation. Elsie, exactly. We think of time as steady, but that's only because we experience it from a fixed perspective. When I freeze something with stasis, I'm changing its time frame relative to myself and the world around me. Commander Zavala, stasis relies in part on one's perception of reality. Is that why Osiris always emphasizes self-control in using darkness? Elsie, that's his way of framing things. He views stasis as exerting authority over oneself and others. And you don't? Well, in my view, the goal of stasis is not to control the object or even my own mind. It's to change my perspective, to see the object moving at the speed of thought, not the speed of matter. And just seeing it differently is enough. Is that so hard to imagine? It's very similar to how you use void light, manipulating space-time and gravitational fields. In fact, I would argue that void has more in common with stasis than it does with solar or arc. Perhaps they're reverse sides of the same coin. And using stasis doesn't worry you, even after everything you've seen. Oh, it does. For a long time, I feared that using stasis would corrupt me, as I had seen others corrupted. But after what seemed like a thousand years trapped in that interminable loop, it gradually dawned on me that the fear was the corruption. And as long as fear gripped me, light or dark made no matter. Once I accepted that, the darkness ceased to be frightening. It was another matter of perspective. Hmm. Thank you, Elsie. You've given me a lot to think about. For some reason, your explanation makes me more comfortable with the idea. Any time, Commander. It's all a matter of perspective. That's where that lore card ends. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's interesting here. We, we do get uh, um, a little more confirmation on stasis. Uh, again, Myth and I covered a ton of stuff on light and dark and, and how the different properties work and, and how like the mechanics of them and the 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 physical space that they take up in our universe um but yeah we we theorize a lot about how stasis stasis appears as ice but it's it's the removal of entropy from an item uh to to make in entropy being like what time does to an item and so any any given item or person or thing or anything in the that is made of matter in our existence um has it is affected by time because time is is a constant in this reality but if you can shift your perspective of it and say well how 
if if time were to not be a linear thing or, or time was not a constant, uh, what would that do to an object? And again, that's like not moving at the speed of time, but moving at the speed of thought. And a thought can last for eternity. A thought can last for nothing. Like it, it th that's a very interesting thing there. And again, we know that all darkness powers are powers of the mind, powers of that don't, um, uh, of that aren't, uh, what would you call it? They're they're not they're not physical properties of right. the universe. Um, so yeah, so we're seeing that here kind of be explained a little bit more. And I love that she even pulls in void light. That she's yeah. like, hey, stace void light is not so dissimilar to the darkness than you think it. Is. Like it, it's it's and myth. You and I have always theories theorized this. Void is that gray area, which is why I think that the um, tormentors can easily, or at least it seems very easily, can wield void light. Because, again, even the concept of, like, gravity, yes, that's yeah. a math mathematical proof. We can, we can express that in a, in a mathematical formula and say this is why it, it does what it does. This, all, all parts of this are relative to all other parts of this, and, and explain it all in math. And math is great, and I love math. You all know me. Math, everything. Uh, but it's still kind of like magic, like... <laughs> it, well, it, it kind of is, and it, and it and it takes a little bit of 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 thought to kind of understand the idea of gravity. Well, and it's it's interesting that she so to to Elsie, stasis seems all about how you perceive time in general, uh, and void. One could argue then is all about how you perceive. Uh, gravity in in sure. a in a location and gravity and time are very closely inter interconnected uh you know if, if you take the example of a black hole the gravity oh, gets meters per second right well the gravity time gets is stronger part of the equation of gravity i don't know why i didn't fucking I'm well dumb now myth <laughs> well if you if you look at, at the example of a black hole um it's been a minute since I've had to think about this thought. This thought theoretical physics physics yeah. was several uh, semesters and years ago. <laughs> but if I recall correctly, the closer you get to the event horizon of a black hole, the stronger the gravity gets, and also the slower time is moving for an outside. The slower you appear to be moving in time for an outside observer. The best uh, visual representation of this is an episode of Stargate. I know we keep using Stargate as like, but I'm telling you, great, great series uh, where they, they a wormhole gets attached to a planet that is being devoured by a black hole and they're receiving information relative time to theirs, but they don't realize that that planet has already been consumed in yeah. its time. So again, it's all relative to the to the observer for a black hole. The person in the black hole, they're perceiving time in a normal in a normal whatever they would normally perceive it as. But on the outside, it appears to be moving slower and slower and slower and slower. So, and and again, uh, specifically is that, is that part of Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, I I think it's a portion of it. Yeah, because like gravity, um, gravity affects the perception of time. Yeah. based on where you are in to observe that yeah. object. Uh, so 
all of that is to say, like gravity and uh, time manipulation are very closely closely interwoven, and it makes sense that void, which has a lot of gravitational um, aspects to it, would be really easily accessible from somebody that from a a being that is already thinking about uh you know time in in that same way yeah i uh, it wouldn't be a very hard thing to just you know i again i think void kind of has a has has a, a leg on either side of light and dark Absolutely. and both sides can access it by thinking about it in relation to whatever you know, their experiences with their side's other abilities. Again, because gravity's, gravity's formula is it involves mass and time. So because it is a, a, a property of both, it can't, it, 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 to me, to me, from a mathematical sense, it makes sense that it's got a leg in, in each side. Yeah. So uh, a fun little thing about, um, and, you know, about and stasis and... And Zavala is a little more accepting now. Stasis, well, it seems it's been in the game for a couple years, so like, <laughs> is he, is he gotta get point? with it eventually. <laughs> I said the same thing about Strand. So <laughs> I finally accepted Strand in my life. Zavala, you can accept Stasis in your life. Get over it. Now I want to see Zavala as a Behemoth Titan in the next cutscene that he's involved with. Oh my with. god. He fucking no, you know what's gonna happen, right? He's gonna throw a bubble and then right afterward come out of the bubble and be <laughs> yeah. and do that uppercut and be like, I shards. He's gonna be like, You all are fucking cheating. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just so I, I thought that was kind of a cool little discussion that seemed to mirror a lot of the ideas we had already had beforehand about stasis and, and void and whatnot. Yep. Um so yeah, I like that we're getting like validation on like our thoughts because like we theorize a lot of this stuff and like we kind of put the pieces together and now we're getting like hard evidence of like, hey, you were right. And Myth and I are just like, yeah, we did it <laughs> a little bit. So it's always nice. Uh, but no. So moving on to the next weapon, this one is interesting. Um, so this is the weapon called Scatter Signal. Uh, and which, the f- which weapon is this? This is the fusion rifle for the season. Um, Scatter signal. The flavor text on this one says, to the voice, capital V, on the other line. And the actual lore card is just a string of numbers and letters. What? And when you decode (laughs) those numbers and letters... Um, oh god what okay no 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 this is this is way big how what (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh the again it's it is just a block of numbers and letters Um, okay i'm looking it up right now hang on (laughs) keep talking i'm I'm gonna find this thing hold on yeah so shit uh, i guess literally yep oh my god just a block of dude this is this is ascii code uh well yeah you can decode it into into a paragraph essentially. This this is all ASCII. Uh sorry, ASCII is A A S C I I. I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but it's basically what how your keyboard knows that the letter R is the letter R. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you go through and you decode it, the paragraph that you get is very cryptic. 
but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what we think. So, um, again, the flavor text, keep this in mind, to the voice on the other line, capital V. The decode, decoded message says, a churning singularity of shadow and mimicry beats again within cultivated chaos. Minds orbit its gravity to bridge communion with a voice, to move from parallel to entanglement. They dream of a dark core contained within a timeless structure, a suspended return to the primordial. If not for this truth, why kneel? If not for this truth, why does it elude definition? Though not all agree on all, all agree to this. Soul is salvation. And that's the end of it. Is this, is this, God damn it, man. Is, is this uh, confirming the voice I don't, in the darkness is another entity? I don't know if it's confirming it, but this could be used as evidence to support that, I think, has, 100%. Has the witness, I, I know I've asked this, I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah, because he uses it in the final cutscene of, uh, of Witch Queen. Of, of the, no, 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 that, that's, that's the garden scene. Fuck, I can't remember if, if the witness has ever used salvation. Um, he I'm pretty sure he used salvation in the introduction cutscene uh where the witness is introduced to us. I, I believe he says something along the lines of like, um, you know, salvation is coming or or you know, something along those lines, uh in reference I keep, to I keep like, remembering the traveler. like the I keep remembering the whole like we are not your friend, we're not your enemy, we're your salvation. Yeah. But I think I think that you are correct in saying that that voice in that particular scene is the voice of the darkness. That is not the witness speaking to us in the garden at the end of uh, Shadowkeep. Yeah, at the end of Shadowkeep's yeah. storyline yeah. when we touch the artifact. So, yeah. Um, that's damn. that's my little spinfoil hat theory, is that there's I, another is, entity called the voice. Yeah, um, and he's like the real puller of strings or something? or like, like Right. I guess that's that's like the question is like if if we we as the player are always seeing this as the witness and the traveler the the light right. and dark one versus the other but if there is an entity above that what is it and what is its goal what is its purpose what is, why is it there why is it very slowly being introduced to us we we simply do not have enough information to know and if and if there's uh... one side if it if it clarifies itself as the voice in the darkness, that the opposite has to be true, right? There has to be a voice in the light. Most likely, yeah. I, I think that that holds some weight. But God damn, this is uh, this is nuts. This is nuts, Myth. It's it's a cool one. Uh, but this let's is cool. So let's let's go through the lines here. Okay. So a churning singularity of shadow and mimicry beats again within cultivated chaos. That to me is the black heart. Okay. I can see that. Because it's Sh- a mimicry, it's not a it's yep. not a real thing. It's 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 a facsimile that's being created. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm following. Yeah. And the garden, you know, black garden, garden of salvation, cultivated chaos is a pretty perfect yep. description of that place. Yep. I'd agree with that. Uh, minds orbit its gravity to bridge communion with a voice, capital V. 
to move from parallel to entanglement. So minds gravitate. I think this is the sole divisive of the Vex. The Vex I, that's minds, what I was thinking, like the Vex minds, yep, are literally being, you know, gravitate around. They they do all their decisions around the black heart. Uh, now, because what it's is, an anomaly, or because it is affecting them, or because it's, or because they're being directed to. Well, I don't think they're being directed to worship it. I think because it's an anomaly. Because later on it says, um, you know, if not for this truth, why kneel? If not for this truth, why does it elude they're definitions? Kneeling and it's always undefined to them. It's yep. it's like it to them. It's like dividing by zero. They can't they can't understand it because it is pure paracausality, and it just it it it's a it's a it's a black hole to them. It's it's a blank space. It's a null state. Yeah. Now. This, I think, is where things might be a little different. So, minds orbit its gravity to bridge communion with a voice. Minds orbit its gravity. The Vex minds are worshiping and orbiting the dark heart of the garden. To commune with a voice. To move capital from v. parallel to entanglement. Capital V. Now, now, spin foil again. Okay. A churning singularity of shadow and mimicry beats again. Within a cultivated chaos, I read that. Second one. I read that as a second black heart has been created. Get the fuck out of here. Minds orbit its gravity to bridge communion with a voice. I think the second black heart is not tied to the witness; it's tied to the voice. Oh my god! To move from parallel to entanglement, I read that as this voice has been moving parallel to us parallel to our reality has been able to see it but has never been able to interact with it directly and now is moving from parallel to entanglement to direct interaction via these vex by using the second black heart dude this is nuts they dream of a dark core contained within a timeless structure I do not know what that could mean. Like that, that's, there's so many things that that so could cryptic. be in, in my head. It, it's, they're just re-describing the black heart again, but because that would be the only thing I could think of in this sense, that would be a dark core, but I, I'm kind of with you in this. I, right. I, there's no uh, true context to this, a dark core within a timeless structure. The black garden could be considered timeless. Cause it's outside of our sure. timeline, outside of our universe. Um, maybe, per, maybe the, maybe the, uh, vault of glass, maybe something is, is happening at the vault of glass, uh, that there's a dark core forming there. Um, I don't know. There, there's a it's lot got, of like, it related, could right? be, like that's, that's yeah. the, the one, that's the one thing I'm going to keep going. Um, oh no, there's a theory. What's that? Could the dark core be the heart of the traveler? No, no, no. That 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 have to be a, a light core, right? Like that have to be like the light. Presumably, I mean, it, it's called the pale heart, right? Um, but we if don't really have any. Core. Oh, could this be like the dark heart? Maybe so. Could I mean, this be the actual antithesis to the. Oh, like what if it's the veil? Well, and that's the question. We we still don't exactly know how the veil relates to the traveler. We know they're connected in some way, but we don't have a very clear like. 
this is what it is. This is where it does. This is where it came from. <laughs> Other than like the root structure looks like a sphere and it looks like it right. fits the right. traveler perfectly. <laughs> like, but you know, we can, we can definitely say, yes, they are connected in a meaningful way, but we do not know exactly no what that all what that means. Is. No idea what that is. So, but okay. yes, uh, some dark core contained. And again, what contained within a timeless structure makes me think, Something Maybe, vex. I'm 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 thinking either either that it, either vex or the veil because again thinking of it as a dark core instead of a timeless structure. Neomuna is timeless. Like, well, I guess it's not timeless. No, it's it's not. still evolved. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's still, still yeah, yeah within yeah. our timeline. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now perhaps there. I mean, if we really want to go spin foil, it says they dream of a dark core contained within a timeless structure. It doesn't make sense for them to be dreaming about the black heart that they literally that have making, in front of yeah, them. Yeah, they're literally making a second one right here. So maybe they're making a second one not based off the veil this time, but based off whatever the actual like dark heart would be. Oh, and what shit. they're what they're seeing is the real dark heart which is somewhere within this timeless structure, maybe in its own parallel its own or universe or something. Yeah, pocket yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why it hasn't been able to interact with ours up until now. Oh um, Dude, this is nuts, man. And then the, the last line, uh, a suspended return to the primordial. That sounds to me, you know, a suspended return is, is I'm not exactly sure what they're getting to there, but return to the primordial would be like return to the garden of creation, like time yep. before time. Yep. Um, return to the pattern. Which if the voice in the dark exists, it would stand to reason that that voice in the dark is, is the original, you know, one of the, the original two that created the universe. Yeah. I was going to say, is, are, if, if, if this is like a higher thing, if, if, cause again, we always, we always talked about how like, uh, through the unveiling series that we did, um, that the, um, the gardener was, somehow tied to the traveler right and that and, and again once we started to learn more about the witness we thought that the the witness himself was the uh winnower but now after some of the cutscenes that we've seen with the witness over the last couple of seasons uh we now know that the witness is just an entity it, it is a right a, amalgamation of an entire species of people all in one um that has extreme agency over uh, dark and presumably dark and light because it was with the traveler for a while. So right, yeah. Um, and and I emphasize a while eons. Uh, yeah, time uncalculable. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the fact that 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 the witness is not the winnower. It has now. That, it has that proclaimed that. itself. The winner, the, the, the winner but, of this universe type thing, right? But it may be getting that title from from somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Oh so, my God, dude, this, okay, this fusion rifle is nuts. Second yes. off, why the hell is this whole thing coded? <laughs> because why not? Because <laughs> Destiny players like a good fucking mystery, yeah. and it's just a little riddle to yeah. screw with our heads. So rude. Uh, so appropriate. But yeah, so the the final the final final line, um, you know, if not for this truth, why does it def why does it elude definition? Why kneel again? The Vex can't understand it, so they're worshiping it. Um, and though not all agree on all, 
So not all the Vex agree on everything to deal with this deal with entity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All can agree that soul is salvation. So the soul system about our, is where about our system is this is going to go down. Yep. So it's, I mean, and that's our, our system is the only place, presumably, our system is the only place in the universe that intersects with the uh, Black Garden and the uh, Vault of Glass. Yeah, I mean, we certainly haven't we haven't explained explored beyond our system, but like it seems like a pretty rare occurrence. Yeah. Uh the fact that so, the vault yeah. of glass or not the vault of glass, the fact that the black garden was actively removed from our timeline for a, right. for a period of time uh and then was reconnected because of the the signaling device. Like that's that's a pretty big deal um that it keeps coming back to our system and our time. Yeah. God so, dang, this is a good one. This is a good this, one. This this is a fun this one a for one. sure. Uh lots of not a whole lot of answers, a lot of theory crafting, <laughs> but uh it's it's a fun one to kind of see where if any of this lines up with future events and and how it may go. But uh this one I'm excited about seeing where this one uh it's the voice on the shows other line. us. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So uh, moving on is as much fun as that one is. Uh, we're going to move on to the super cluster, which is the shotgun for the season. Uh, and this is a much more down to earth story, uh, that actually kind of relates to, uh, the St. Osiris series that we just finished, uh, Aww. because it is an interaction between St. Osiris. Yay. Um, so this one, uh, again is the super cluster. And it goes like this. Osiris. Strand weaves around Osiris's hands. It dims and brightens, casting green light onto the messy scatter of books and star charts spread across his desk and surrounding six feet of floor. Osiris. What? Osiris lowers his hands. Saint Fourteen is there, a solid wall of exo in the doorway. Saint crosses his arms. You didn't answer my call. It is crucial that we learn how ley lines operate. I believe they share a connection with Strand. If only I can unlock it. His handful of strand extends in loops around him, spiraling towards the ceiling, turning the purple of saints' ribbons to gray. I am reminded of Nimbus's tales of the river. Strand connects our minds. But what parts of us also touch ley lines? I like Nimbus in your stories, Saint interjects, mild. We should visit them. But in a mood like this, a mild interjection cannot stop Osiris. He continues. Queen Mara's Techians can affect matter through ley lines. Their joined will pulls on threads woven through the entirety of the ascendant plane. Two connected systems, the warp and the weft of our universe's fabric. One, a spool of thread for this world, and another, perhaps, for the ascendant plane? Osiris's strand grows brighter until Saint's massive hand engulfs it 
No master of darkness, saint takes control with a gleaming void tether as the glow of strands slowly fades. How long has it been since you've seen the sun? Saint asks. I was experimenting with solar light just the other day. You know this. Not the same. Come, stubbornness is unbecoming. Saint tugs gently at Osiris by their joined hands. Osiris stops in his tracks and snorts. If the question between us is that of hard-headedness. Ikora, he has the thought that Ikora is going to give them a talking to if Saint's laughter gets through the soundproofing to her office again. So he persists. It is late, and I have not seen you since you set your robe on fire. The work will wait, Osiris. And Osiris lets himself be led out of the door, the connection between them still glowing bright. And that's the end of that lore card. Oh, I'm going to cry, Myth. <laughs> this is so fucking sweet. So Osiris is, as we talked about in the, uh, in the season, you know, discussed in the, the, talk of the season he he's trying to figure out like strand is the key he he really feels like strand showed up in the presence of the veil strand and the veil are connected strand allows connections between planes may have something to do with these ley lines that operate the ascendant plane he's like he's trying to figure out how do i use this you know i have all the puzzle pieces how do i assemble them to make the picture of Getting connecting us to where the witness is. He's got a bunch of random puzzle pieces later on. <laughs> by the box that it came in. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god! And oh, it's such a sweet interaction between the two yeah. of the two. Oh, oh, so and good. Saint is just like, no, you need to see the sun. Come you need outside. to go. You need to go touch grass. <laughs> Get out of the game and go touch grass, please. Uh, but. I yeah. do love at the end, like uh, the whole like if this if the laughter breaks through the soundproofing and stuff. It's like yeah. Have 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 they been having sneaky time in in Osiris's office? It's his laughter, Zoe. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm naughty. <laughs> Good God. This is why we can't have nice things, Myth. <laughs> this is why normally I have to edit a lot. Oh, you're the best myth. Oh man, God, this is such a sweet scene. I, this, this is just this is just a feel good lore card. It is. This is a feel good lore card. This is a good one. I, I we don't we don't get a lot of feel good. Most lore cards are like doom and gloom and like death of the universe and stars are dying and planets are dead and darkness invading. Blah, darkness. Like to get a good sweet one every now and then is like super nice. I like yeah. this one. Uh, so we have a couple other kind of feel good ones um, on the remaining weapons here. So uh, the next one is going to be the Chivalric Fire, which is the new uh, ritual playlist um, sword that you get I from... I get my Voidcaster frame. Yeah, Voidcaster. Uh, but yeah, you get this from leveling up uh, Crucible, Gambit, or um, Vanguard rank, uh, I think, to reset for the first one, or just before yep. reset for the first one. Yep. Uh, well, I guess the, the rank... Like you rank legend. 16. Yeah, yeah but then you have to get through legend, yeah, to reset. Yeah. So, regardless, um 
it's the new seasonal uh, ritual activity weapon. Uh, and this one's another just kind of fun one. Um, and it plays on the fact that all three activities will reward this uh, because we see all three activities want to have a say in what this weapon is. Uh, oh, oh, the big three. <laughs> let's go. So the lore card for chivalric fire goes like this. It should be elegant, says Zavala, striking his breastplate with a fist. The sound echoes through the room. The vanguard's representatives are as suited to diplomacy as they are combat. That is our strength, when our allies range from an Ahamkara to the Cabal. Shax's firm gesture of denial drives the, rest, drives the side of his hand into a shelf. An Amelon-branded canister falls off and rolls across the floor. It must be an unstoppable force in sword form. It should spit fire. Also, it should be red. Now, now, the drifter says from the doorway. He kicks the rolling canister away without looking down. Now, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I pay my taxes. You can trust me. It needs to look mean. You want people thinking they're madder, badder, and hungrier than me. I'm not going to tangle with them if they're wearing that. Banshee44 dubiously scratches his jaw with the point of his stylus as he glances up at his clients from his notepad. That's, uh, that's a lot of elements for one design. Can, can we cut a couple? And the workshop erupts into impassioned shouts once more. And that's the end of that one. I feel like this is how virtual weapons get created. In <laughs> I think so. I literally feel this way. Like this is this was it. It it must be an unstoppable force in sword form. It should be. This should spit fire. Ooh, it should be red. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> come on. Oh my god, this is great. This is great. I need this sword. I myth knows this, and for all of you guys that have figured out that I am a true titan at heart, uh, swords are my passion. Swords and bows, that's it. And for some reason, shotguns now. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. I've slowly evolved into snipers. Like, Praetis is, Praetis is pretty nice, pretty spicy, I say. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I love the caster frame swords. Everyone's all like, oh, guillotine. Yeah, this thing, you know, vortex frame. Yeah, swish, swish, swish. Like, no, lament, greatest sword in the game. Yeah, cool, but highest DPS. But do you look good shooting it? Can you can does it look super neat when I swing one of those little those little caster frame bolts off into the distance and it hits the target and just I see numbers just fly off and then if 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 Myth has put his void buddy on it I see nice little yellow numbers fly off and I go ha 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 I hit that with a sword and it flies and I'm on the ground No it does not I say and to that I say caster frames rule And now I have a void one there you and go. a strand one. Yeah, you can complete the set. I'm so excited if they make a stasis one. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's only a matter of time. It has to be, right? Like they the fact that they made a strand one, like they're appeasing right. me now. They're just yeah. they're just listening to me and going, Okay, here you go. And I'm like, Yay! You're the only person in the whole game that equips these things. 
I'm probably we'll, the we'll only person you. in the game that, like, I know I'm the only person that I know of that uses Solar Scar. I know for a fact I'm the only one that even has a temptate. What is it? Temp- tem- temptations hook. Temptations hook. Yeah. Temptation. I keep wanting to call it temporal hook. Anyway, temptations hook. I know I'm the only one with that. For the longest time, my only void option was Black Talon, and as regal and as awesome as it is, it's an exotic, and I cannot give up my Trinity Ghoul. So now they have appeased me. The yep. gods have appeased me, Myth. Well, I'm glad that you're happy. Uh, but yeah, it's another another just fun one. That's cute. And I, I am convinced cute. that both in-game and out-of-game, this is how every ritual legendary is made. 100% this is how it's made. It's just a shouting match with poor Banshee trying to fit as much into it as he can. He's like just drawing shit, and he's just like, I don't know, is it a sword? Okay, well, somebody said sword, so it's a sword now. It wants to spit fire. Well, the only swords that spit fire is caster frames. And it be a different color. Oh, you want it red? Well, it's got to be all three. You can have a red ornament. That's fine. <laughs> and then he just, he, you can see yep. he's just like the super, yep. super flat line, just super diplomatic, just like, okay, da 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 We're not doing that. Uh, da 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 We're definitely not doing that. da 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, another fun one. This one answers the age-old question of... Who wins in a race, a sparrow or a rocket? What the hell? Who the <laughs> hell invented this? Was this? Did Asher invent this? Nope. Uh, is this a bet between Asher and Amanda? Uh, this, was, this was not, but it was a bet. So this is the lore card on the Dragon's Breath Exotic, which is returning to Destiny with this season. Um, and the lore card involves one Marcus Wren, who is a very well-known SRL racer, Sparrow Racing League racer, uh, as well as, uh, most people may not remember this name, uh, Ariadne, or Ariadne, I'm not sure in pronunciation, but uh, they have a Sparrow all the way back from Destiny 2 Vanilla, which um, has the... Uh, the the kind of like spark contrail, and it has a dragon painted on the sparrow, the red dragon oh. that's painted on the sparrow, um, and uh, and yeah, so those two characters and a couple of others, uh, the lore card for Dragon's Breath goes like this: Are You buying? Asks the board clerk. Ariadne isn't listening. She scowls at the display case, pointing at one of the weapons. Look at this thing, Enoch. How is it a dragon? It's barely a shark. Crux should have called it Shark's Breath. Shark's Breath doesn't sound dangerous unless you're underwater, I guess, Enoch says. At his side, Marcus studies the case. Exactly. While my dragon has been legally recognized as cool. Ariadne points to the gleaming crimson dragon painted along the side of her sparrow. It's no contest, really. Could be a contest, Marcus says. He looks to the clerk. Do you do trial runs? Ariadne's eyes light up. And twenty minutes later, at the city's outskirts with waivers signed, Enoch hoists the rocket launcher onto his shoulder. Its shark face grins at Ariadne. You can do it, says Dee Dee. 
she and Ghost hover above the group, ready to record. Ari, you get five seconds head start, so you'd better gun it, Marcus says. And go. Ariadne Sparrow screeches away as Enoch counts, fires, and then lowers the rocket launcher. You really think this is gonna this is a race Gris can win? Enoch asks, and the, as the rocket continues to arc towards her bright in the sky, Marcus leans in and claps his shoulder. Not a... And he's interrupted as a ball of flame rises from the landscape as the rocket impacts the sparrow. Now that is good cinema, Didi says, satisfied with the results. And that's the end of that one. Did he just shoot the fucking sparrow just to shoot the fucking sparrow? <laughs> Maybe. Did he do what any good scientist would do and just put a rocket into it and say, there, rocket wins. Yeah, it's which dragon is faster, the dragon's breath rocket or the dragon painted on the sparrow? And well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. So that's just another fun So movie. So rude. <laughs> I'll go Rezzer. Be right back. So, um, getting that is kind of the the end of the weapons. Again, uh, there is a exotic bow that is in the API. I'm not going to go over it because it's not in game yet. Um, we will probably bring that up when it's relevant to what's going on in the game. Yeah. But if you're wondering why it's not here, that's why. Uh, no, what we have left is. The armor sets, um, and then some of the ghosts and sparrows. And I, I really want to talk about the ghosts and sparrows and ships. Uh, the armor sets this season are a little less important. Um, the, the only one that I that I would say is like the big one is the class item. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and so there's. A lot of the the armor sets are kind of different, uh, different little vignettes that are happening around, uh, you know, around the various areas. A lot of it's information we already know that's um, being presented to us in a slightly different way. So, like the helmet, for example, is just the the walkthrough of Petra. You know, who again has been stuck in that weekly cycle of the Dreaming City. Uh, Petra, you know, healing that Corsair at the beginning of the curse every single time. And both her and the Corsair are 100% uh, knowledgeable that they've been repeating this for now hundreds, if not thousands of times. Like, like they can't escape the curse. Like, everyone that's no. part of the Dreaming City curse is stuck there for eternity, right? Is that... yeah. We, yep. we, because we're paracausal, are the only people that can enter and leave that st- that space. Yeah, like it. If if you're in the loop, you're in the loop. Um, Jesus, and it it all resets, and and it it's you know again, it's the story of Petra going through the same motions and and just really having to believe that eventually they can they can get out of this, and the the corsair uh, at this point is. Is essentially it's been telling four her. years of that myth. Yeah, all since Forsaken, Forsaken, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Beyond Light, 
Shadow Shadow Keep, uh, Witch Queen. We're going on year five of this, of living the same three weeks over and over and over again. Dude, that's got it. That's got to be hell. Well, and this corsair, uh, whose name is Amrita, um, essentially just just tells Petra, she's like, just just kill me. So I can just, wake. Just be done with it. I'll yeah. wake up in three weeks anyway. Yep, that's exact. She's like, let me. I'll just wake up from the beginning. Just, Holy just let me go now, crap. and I'll wake up again later. Because no matter what actions they take, it still resets. Still resets. Jesus, that's got to be hell. That that is hell. That is hell. So it just kind of reinforces for those that maybe didn't weren't there for Forsaken or or had forgotten about like they're still stuck. And it it is exacting a very real mental price on the people there. Um, but so that's the that's helmet. A sad one. I'm not reading that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a sweet one. I'm not reading any sad ones. <laughs> and I say the uh, the gloves, the the gauntlets of the season, and all the seasonal armor sets are the same. So it's all the same. Um, Titan regardless, versus warlock versus yep, uh, yep. hunter. Uh, uh, this one's following Shahan and how he acquired the young Ahamkara, uh, uh, glove exotics that he's wearing in game. Um, cause he's wearing the young Ahamkara spine. Uh, yep. and it, he literally, he literally just like found them at a, at a vendor stall. Uh, this was at a time where, you know, bones were being, um, you know, we're, we're being sold as trinkets, as, as things that, you know, to just adorn come, your come armor. get a piece of bone from I don't know where. Right. 50, yeah. 50 glimmer. I'll pay a thousand glimmer for it. Ah, my friend, a thousand glimmer. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, again, nothing really super important. It's just like, that's why Shaw, Shaw Han has that exotic. Um, the chest plate uh is explaining why Shax put the ahamkara skull above his area in the tower and that when he put it there many many people were not happy (laughs) hey imagine that um as saying and actually this this one's short enough so we'll, we'll read through this one real quick uh so this is the chest plate from the worm guard set which goes like this. Our site 9940 holds the cape, the cable taut while Lord Shax fastens the final anchor with a few swings of a fiery hammer. And when Shax gives the nod, our site tests the give and then releases the cable. They look up at the massive tusked skull that now looms majestically over the crucible staging area. The occasion has attracted a small crowd of observers, a mixed group of citizens and guardians who murmur among themselves or simply stare, be it in awe or disapproval. Shax ignores them, crossing his arms and gazing up at his trophy. The speaker would not approve of this, Arsight observes. Shax ignores this too. This is a lesson, Arsight. I want these newbies to look at this and know that there is always something worse out there, something meaner and more powerful. Something like the Red Legion, 
our sight supplies, a foe to catch them all unawares. Temptation, Shax corrects. Self-destruction. Arside looks up again at the skull and scans it for energy signals. And that it can be killed. Shax nods, satisfied. Something always remains, but it can be killed. Arside picks up a faint whisper, an audio signal too faint and garbled to process into intelligible language. And when it scans for it again, the whisper is gone. And that's the end of that one. Ooh. This, this is the same skull that, like, was singing to him, right? Uh, well, song. it was not singing to him. Savathun seemed to be moving through the skull somehow to sing to him. Um, like, she literally appeared you, from whole, the skull. This whole universe exists and works because of wish magic and Savathun. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Like they're the they, only two entities that know they're in a, vid- a video game. They're also, yeah, like pretty much any any major event seems to eventually tie back to one or the other. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Savathun is the voice in the darkness. <laughs> I, I don't think she is, but she certainly <laughs> wouldn't mind being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being the puppeteer rather than the puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing here is, uh, Eris Morn communing with, uh, on the boots, uh, for the worm guard. It's Eris Morn talking to, uh, who I assume is, um, the cloud strider on Neomuna, who I'm blanking on his name for some Nimbus. 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 Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're discussing Egregore and, um, what they are discovering is that Egregore seems to be the seem seems to only grow in areas that the veil has previously touched or influenced. Interesting. So anywhere that there's Egregore, it means it's been touched by the energy of the veil. I don't know if that just means darkness energy or if that means what we now know to be strand or, or what, but egregore only grows in the wake of the veil. So kind of interesting. Um, the, and then that brings us to the class item for the worm guard set. Uh, and this one's, um, a tad longer, uh, but we're going to go through it because it, it really showcases just how bad it could be if Ahamkara were running rampant again. Um, well, so the, and real, real quick before we jump yeah. onto that, I, I, I just looked at the boots. Uh, uh, at the very end, she does say Osiris, so I think it's her and Osiris talking. But even Eris Morn mentions and Sabathun. Like, there's, there's, there's more to, to this than just, like, again, I think she's, this world runs off of Sabathun, it seems. She has her finger in every little event and thing yeah. that is happening in this world. Yeah, and that, that's that's actually something that um, I've seen people talk about with uh, Savathun before is is this idea of like how did she know everything? Like how how is she mapped out 
all of the events so perfectly. And I don't think it's that she's mapped out all the events perfectly and knows exactly how everything's going to happen. She doesn't have future sight. It's that she has so many contingency plans going at yeah. every moment, at every step. It's for like she's planned for everything. Exactly. And it's it's not that she knows what's going to happen. It's that she has planned for anything that could happen. And so she has a hand in events no matter which way they go. Scheming upon scheming upon scheming. So uh, that brings us then to the Wormguard bond. Um, so this one goes like this. The bazaar atop a balcony. Teach four sips hot broth from a takeout container. I wish I could join just one match, Barrow says to her, sagging morosely against the railing. Teach four elbows him gently. Killing other guardians all day isn't the only way to help the city, you know. Easy for you to say. You're not the one who's been hiding from shacks for weeks. Hey, don't laugh. We see another scene in the annex beneath the stairs. The looks on their faces, Nakato says, laughing breathlessly. Can't believe he staked that sparrow of his. Guardians really do think they can't lose. Her elixney companion makes a chuffing noise and rattles off an incomprehensible stream of words. Nakato catches skilled and cheat and smiles. Even the most backhanded of compliments are better than none. You know, you're a quick hand at cards, and everyone's throwing around gl glimmer like there's no tomorrow. If you wanted to stick together a while... The elixir blinks at him, mulling it over, and then nods. Nakato grins and clasps his new friend on the back. That's the spirit. Wish I'd met you years ago. We see another scene in the hangar within a maintenance closet. Velbor sits hidden in the dark, racked with helpless convulsions of grief. I wish they were still here. He gulps for air. I can't do this without them. Augur settles on her guardian's shoulder. You need to talk to someone, Vel. I, I should have been there. I could have saved them. I wish I'd never let them go. Another scene, this one outside the tower offices. A stray, a stray cat regards Demas disdainfully from a windowsill, and then resumes washing its paws. I wish I had a cat, Demas exclaims. Here, cat. Demas inches closer to the indifferent feline. It must be a good life sitting around the tower without... Worrying about light and dark or much of anything at all. The cat does not look up. Demas thinks for a moment. I wish I was a cat, he says. Another scene in a tower sub-basement between the stacks. I think that's it, Serge says. Once we've sealed up this last one, we're done for the day. Not bad for an honest day's work. The frame says. It speaks in the same amiable tone of voice it applies to every statement. But Serge still finds himself smiling. You said it, buddy. 
Surge looks on as the frame effortlessly fits the final plate of ion shielding into place. It hums as it works, a little tune Surge taught it on his second day on the job. The day goes by a lot faster with someone to talk to, Surge says. Just wish you could understand me. Like, really understand, I mean. Yes, says the frame. I wish that also. And that's the end of that lore card. This is why we can't have nice things, Myth. This entire card is why Ahamkara cannot exist in this system. Yes, because all of these wishes <laughs> would feed them. Just non-stop wishing. You can't do that. You cannot do this. Please help. Do not do... Yeah. No, this yeah. this is this this one card like shows exactly the downside of having Ahamkar in the system. Yeah, I mean we'd have guardians turning into cats. Like <laughs> that would I like that one the most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish I had a cat. I wish I was a cat. <laughs> like that, like he, I can see his eyes like light up. Like I wish I was a cat. Poof! Now you're a cat. So. That concludes the weapons and armor portion of the lore cards. Uh, we're now going to dig into some that are a little more impactful in the information that they give us. This is specifically from the ghost shells, sparrows, and ship of the season. Um, the first one is the worm guard ghost shell, uh, which I believe the narrator of this is probably Savathun, though you know you may decide there's there's someone else that fits um i'm i'm going to go with savathun cuz why yeah but regardless the worm guard shell goes like this do you understand what you've done vowing to free riven's eggs ensuring the next generation of Ahamkara will live and thrive and carry on her legacy. Do you have deep enough vision to foresee the consequences of your action? All the players that you've sent scrambling for their next move? I suspect not. You couldn't see one little wish without help. What else? Could you be missing, I wonder? It's your job to find out. So much power in the world, so much about to enter it. It makes one think about all the uses that power could be put to. I rem I'm reminded of a hatchling in her first instar, soft-shelled and squirming on the floor, thinking she's taking big steps but those legs have some molting to do before they're ready. Bringing another power into the world, one that you will inevitably find yourself making bargains with, really, my dear. A point of financial advice from a friend. There are only so many liens one can take out on a single property. The creditors always come calling eventually if they haven't sold the debt to another collector. You're certainly getting tangled in your own vows. Much like a little lizard I could name. Not a close friend, but 
something of an in-law, maybe. My brother brings such interesting people into the family. Keep it in mind that you made a promise. And heroes do keep their promises, don't they? And that's the end of that one. <laughs> that's the appropriate sound for this for the ending of this card uh this is totally sabotaging there's no way this isn't like talking about her brother talking about the, the a little lizard she can name like yeah come on that's that's one of the freaking that's one of the worm gods like yeah well and the the um not a close friend but something of an in-law maybe yeah. my brother brings such interesting people into the family oryx took riven yep. and that's kind of when she entered the the hive control so yeah i think yeah. i think it's sabathun yep. and sabathun's essentially taunting us saying like you have no idea what you've just done like <laughs> like you sure you sh- you sure are you sure no well sucks to suck then we'll we'll see what happens on the other side right <laughs> so uh but it's implying that like there are other powers that we don't know about that she's now saying like have been sent scrambling to figure out their next step in all of this. Uh, So that there, there are movers and shakers out there. I would assume one of those being the nine uh, that have a very vested interest in the Ahamkara being back that are now trying to figure out how to use this to their advantage. I mean, what better way to get corporeal, right? Right. Um, Okay. So, the next one is from the Anthemic Invocation Shell, which is another ghost shell. Uh, and this one goes like this. Trine digs through what is left of the twisted insides of a derailed cargo liner, her knuckles singed and bloody from contact with hot wires and ragged edges. Her ghost, Shakto, illuminates the solid surface of a newly revealed metal crate, marked with a tiny sigil. Is that it? He says. As Spider described, I'm surprised it's still in one piece. Tryon places a palm on the metal, tensing. The darkness pours from within her, freezing the crate and shattering its hinges. Someone will notice that says Shakto in hushed alarm. But Trin is not listening. After a few blessed weeks of silence, War's voice had begun to corkscrew itself through her mind once more. Uh, She pries the lid off the crate. Hopefully that soon she may be rid of War's driving whips. Inside is a single bone. This is not a whim or an egg, Spider said. It's an Ahamkara bone, Shakto exclaims. This could work. Trine's fingertips drag across the bone's pitted surface. She hears a whisper, a slithering panacea for war's screams. Someone is coming, Shakto warns, suddenly at attention. He peeks out of the top hatch of the derailed train now on its side. Trine breaks from her trance. What? Who else would know about this? Shakto decompiles. Could be anyone. Maybe someone else following Spider's rumor. Either way, they're coming from the north. 
Trine draws her Lixney-style cutlass from its scabbard, deftly exits and moves behind the car, listening closely. Soon she hears light footsteps. Trine waits for them to get close, and then springs from behind the train, pulling the blade to chest. And an exo-hunter stands before her. They size each other up. I'm Galeon. Galeon 4. And you two have got two wire rifles trained on your back, so I'd suggest putting that sword down. Before Trine can respond, two elixni marked with House of Light sigils run towards them. One shouts Trine's name and throws her forearms around the warlock. Vindris! Shakto shouts after he recompiles, dancing around. Galeon turns to the second larger elixni. Why didn't you tell me that you two knew her? Guardian so paranoid. Makes for good entertainment. Nivix croaks in Elixni and then shrugs. Also owed Trine a prank. Trine gives Nivix a dirty look. Then her eyes wander to the train. She turns to Galeon Four. You're the bounty hunter, Mithraxent? Trine asks, sheathing her sword. Mithrax and Spider both want the Ahamkara bone, but I need it. So, who gets it? Nivik steps forward, swapping to human speech. Mithrax ordered it destroyed or given to the Dreaming City, but for you, old friend, he assesses his compatriots and slings his rifle over his shoulder. Captain Nivix will look the other way. Missing is almost the same as destroyed. Well, that's the end of that card. Like, who, what? Like, who is, first off, who the hell is, is, is this bone for? Like, it, I'm assuming this was like a, a train that was like uh, a cargo train for the spider. Spider let somebody know, hey, there's a bone on this thing. Go collect it for me. And now Mithrax is saying he wants it? Well, his bounty hunter? It, it sounds like Spider has been selling information about the location of this. Sure. Mithrax wants it to destroy it. Oh, or, okay, or, okay, hand, okay. or hand it over to the Dreaming City for them to yep. do, you know, destroy or whatever. Do wish magic stuff with it. Yeah. Um, but Spider, being Spider, is selling this information to multiple people. I, sure. And this guardian, Trine, uh, based on their description, says, After a few blessed weeks of silence, War's voice had begun to, begun to corkscrew itself through her mind once more. I, it almost sounds like she can hear Shivu Arath in her head, and she's hoping oh, this bone... Is War capitalized? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did not catch that reading through that. So now, hearing it that way, that <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. War yeah. Is, yep. That's capitalized. That's I, a, that, okay. Yep. I think she's seeing this bone as a way of like getting Shivu Arath out of her head. Either that or just getting rid of Shivu Arath. I mean, little column A, little column B. A one, one solves the other. Like, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. But so she's like, you know, I know these guys want it, but I need it. 
I need to stop being whispered to by the great war machine that is Zebu Arath. And uh, and Nivix, the the one in charge of this, you know, for for Mithrax, is like, yeah, we'll just say we didn't find it, that it's missing, like, you know, very very much dangerously so, being like, yeah, you can just keep the Wish Dragon Bone. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant idea. Nivix, just shoot them both and call it good. Yeah. <laughs> just shoot them both and call it good so um but yeah so there's a there's somebody out there that has war's voice infecting them um so seemingly similar to sloan's yeah uh and then yeah they're the the elixir are letting them leave with an ahamkara bone so i'm sure that's a recipe for great and wonderful things but we'll see if that has a part to play in later seasons at all uh but moving on we are going to look at the nostos sparrow uh which this one just kind of informs us about what aramis is doing um in light of everything that's going on uh, and it seems like Aramis has kind of come to a turning point with her vendetta. So this one. Is she, is she still pissed at the uh, traveler? Um, you'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this one goes like this. Aramis anchored her catch on the shadowed side of an asteroid and cut the engines. She gazed at the viewport at a wrecked house of wolves catch lying half-buried under the rubble of the tangled shore. Her reverie was broken by Calixus, her lieutenant. Aramis Kell, your plan is working. The vandal chittered gleefully. A reef patrol is inbound, sweeping for nests. If we board them quickly, we can take the ship intact. No, Aramis replied, still gazing out of the viewport. Let them pass. It is a Corsair patrol vessel, Calixus insisted. Even as scrap it is worth. Let them pass, Aramis thundered, whirling to face the Vandal. The time of the ship stealer has gone. All that matters now is where we are when the end arrives. The Kell of Darkness activated her transmat, leaving a frustrated Calixus alone on the bridge. Aramis rematerialized in the wrecked House of Wolves' catch. The walls of the ship were pitted by bullet holes and desiccated hive growths. Only hive and light bearers had dared to enter since it was shot down during the reef wars. She shook her head. What a waste. She stepped over thrall and acolyte corpses, picking her way carefully to the ship's navigation. Once inside, she opened an access panel and pulled out a centuries-old data core. She sifted through the archives until she found it. A detailed map of Rhys, the Elixni homeworld. It was the same map that Aramis's mate, Athris, had followed out of Seoul. 
It even included the habitable zones she had tabbed as potential landing sites. By now, Athras might be Kel of her own settlement, living happily alongside their grown hatchlings. Or they might all be long dead. In truth, Aramis hadn't wondered at either possibility for decades. But ever since she saw the witness disappear into its portal, Aramis could think of little else. All her prior aspirations were made suddenly small. Elixni solidarity, revenge against the traveler, enmity with the humans. It was all irrelevant. If a second whirlwind was her fate, Aramis would suffer it as she had the first, with Athris by her side. And that's the end of that lore card. Oh, I thought it was going to be sad, and then it was sweet. It's still kind of uh, sad, because it's like the end of the universe, but it... Yeah. She just wants to spend it with her mate. That's sweet. Okay. All right. Happy one. So, presumably, Aramis is just leaving. Yeah. She's just peacing She's out. She's accepted it. She's like, screw it. I tried everything I could. I that that I it didn't amount to anything. Sweet. Bye. Yeah, more or less. I'm gonna go live my life. So she's going off to find Athras, uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully alive with uh whatever group of Elixni went with her and her hatchlings, her kids. Yeah. Like Amazingly she didn't trade off to other pirates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a real possibility in this situation. So, uh, so yeah, presumably Aramis is, is no longer a part of the story. Like, she's, yeah. she's just... That's it. She's leaving. She's done. Bye, Aramis. It's good to know you, House of Darkness, Kel. So, another... Uh, the, the next entry here is another one of people finding solace in this, uh, what is difficult time in, in the Destiny universe. Um, this is the Gloaming Journeyer. Uh, which is the sparrow for the season, uh, or one of the sparrows for the season. Um, and this one is a discussion between Drifter and Eris. And it goes like this. The path to the witness is within sight. We did not know what shape Riven's bargain will take, but I know that we too will not make that crossing. Drifter listened quietly as Eris spoke, her voice tense. The dark tendrils flowed thickly from beneath her bandage. I watch as those closest to me edge toward oblivion, Eris said, her hands restless in her lap. Ikora, Mara, I am... Unused to being helpless. She looked drifter, her mouth a tight line. When she spoke, it was in a ragged breath. It's happening again. We will be alone at the end. Drifter stood after a quiet moment. Harris watched him curiously. And then he reached out and took her by the hand and she rose, following his silent urging. And then he put his arms around her. 
She tensed. He began to step away, unsure, but then arms came up, and she clung to him for a moment. She felt the words in his chest as he spoke again. I remember what you said. I think about it more than I should these days. And what did I say? That we'll live in the night if we have to. We do it for what comes after. Eris nodded and sighed, and the pair parted, but he kept a reassuring hand on her arm. So this is where you wish to be, she said cautiously, at the end of all things. Nowhere else. No more schemes to leave soul. He was quiet for a moment, and then shook his head, smirking. Nah he said, and looked into her eyes. I'd miss the moonlight. That's the end of that one. You're going to make me cry again. This is some horseshit myth. <laughs> this is some horseshit. Why all these pretty scenes at the end of the universe? Why? Why? He does love her. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Bungie. I just wanted one, and you let me have it. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, these, the, both of them. I can accept Amanda's dead now. This is fine. (laughs) Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Drifter and Eris. Ah. Ah. So, both of them have kind of come to the conclusion that, like, they're not going to be able to follow to where that portal goes. Nope. Like, their, their part is done with, with this conflict, at least, and they're just, they're going to sit they're gonna and they're going to wait it out mm-hmm. and you know hand in hand they're, they're going to be there for whatever comes next if there Aww. is a next Bunch so let me have one they let you have one yay so the final reading for this episode uh, is also a very dangerous one So this is the ship from the season called Unforeseen Consequences. And the flavor text text says, be careful what you wish for. Don't do it. Wishes are dangerous. And it goes like this. He remembers his sister's throne differently. An amalgam of elixni flotsam built from the spoils of war, its great weight suspended from the rafters, a throne that Aldrin had set ablaze in the wake of losing her, his first step down a forsaken path. Crow lays a hand on the throne before him. It is empty and ponderous, silhouetted by distant nebula and cosmic dust. It feels smooth, too smooth. It was here that I first heard the news of your death, calls a familiar voice behind him. He turns to see his sister striding down the hall. Mara takes her place beside him and gazes out into the far reaches of space. Did you mourn for me? Crow asks. I did, his sister replies, 
She is silent for a moment, and then, and I regret what I did to you. The manipulation, the subtle coercion, none of it went the way I intended. Crow follows her gaze out into the endless void. I know what it's like. Remorse and recriminations, Mara says absently. She turns her eyes towards him. If you could go back, alter the course of your history, what would you change? He can't help but laugh. <laughs> Where to begin? Crow muses. And then he thinks. Cade, he almost whispers. Mara raises an eyebrow. Oh. Before then, I could have taken a different road, but once I pulled that trigger, he shakes his head. Everything else I can set right, but, but not that. I just, I wish I could tell him I shouldn't have done it. I see, Mara murmurs. Her eyes shine in the starlight. Crow sighs and rolls his shoulders. I, I should get going. Vanguard's waiting on my report. We all have obligations, I suppose. <laughs> Don't I know it. Crow nods as he heads down the hall. He pauses at the portal to the Dreaming City and glances back at Mara. Ringed in the distant nebula, she shimmers like a mirage on desert sands. And then Crow steps through and is gone. See you soon, Mara's voice echoes across the empty chamber as the illusion fades. Oh, brother mine. And that's the end of that one. What? 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 God damn it. <clears throat> this is why we can't have nice things, Myth. So I think the implication here is that... That's a dragon. Is that Riven, once again... Is corrupting uh, him. Again. Is pretending this, to be Mara. This is some horse shit, Myth. Yeah, I think, once again, Riven is pretending to be Mara. Maybe expressing some actual, like, you know, I'm... I regret that I manipulated you. Like, I Riven regret I manipulated you? Right, like, that could be either way. That could be Mara... Jesus shit. That could be Riven, like, pretending that's what Mara would say, or that could be Riven expressing what Riven actually feels. And, you know, you have this this double... You know, this double truth going on. Um, what the shit? But... And then kind of coerces him into saying, I, like, I wish I this thing i wish cade wouldn't have happened or that i could at least Stu tell him i'm stupid. sorry stupid and uh we we know who's coming back from yeah. from the trailers for final shape well, maybe maybe he actually is back this maybe this might be like why memory that he might have actually been wished back into existence who knows but okay, uh that just confirms that everything in destiny just runs off of wish magic and uh, it leaves it leaves a lot to be considered. That's for sure. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> so uh, with that, we have reached the end of our season of the Wish episode. Yay! Yes, we did it. 
Woo. We did, and I can still kind of talk. So I was going to say you you had you had some a uh, little bit of voice acting in there. It was all very Batman like, but uh, yeah, there were there yeah there are some that okay. I tried off reflex and then just bailed halfway through because yep. I'm like it's not happening. <laughs> like no, nope, not happening tonight. <laughs> not doing it. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get some shoutouts then. Yes, we have a lot. Uh, yeah. So the first thing I want to say is that a lot of uh, a lot of you shared the like Spotify wrap up pages of you know listening x x amount of minutes um to to our podcast uh for spotify um and seeing all of those was just crazy it was insane and wonderful and thank you some some of of you guys have listened for like twenty two thousand hours i didn't even think we had that many hours (laughs) worth of content so i mean to those of you who are listening to these stories like two three four five a hundred times holy shit uh you guys are amazing but even even those that have only, that that are in the in the lower numbers and i say lower lower is a relative number right so it's still like uh like 4000 hours <laughs> right like, like it's still like, a lot <laughs> that's still a lot of hours like holy shit <laughs> uh but. so yeah so yeah, yeah. A, bit, a very blanket thank you to to everyone that shared those and uh, you know all our listeners in general whether or not you're on a different platform um than Spotify it's just those were the ones that happened to to come through um but you know we appreciate you regardless of where you listen to but uh but yeah so some some other shout outs uh for our episode here um the first comes to us from a uh, Randy, uh, via Apple podcast review, left a very kind five-star review. So thank you for that. Um, and they say, uh, I spent about a year just as a risen repeating destiny's playlists with friends because it was free and crossplay. Uh, we were battling and fighting without knowing who we fought or why we were killing until this podcast starting from the penguins of Europa. Now we're hooked. We joined a clan, we bought all the expansions, and I've been named the scribe of our new clan because I am now the lore guy. Let's go! Beyond the Destiny lore, I really appreciate your personal human takes, and I've teared up with Zor a few times, especially during Aisha's story. Uh, Thank you so much for turning a grind into a hobby and this risen into a guardian. If you ever have merch or a way to support the show, I'll be the first in line. Oh <laughs> well, thank you. Say, uh, I know we've said Let's before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we've said before. One of our big things with doing this was to like was to get people into knowing why they're doing things in the game, and and hopefully yeah. being able to give them more enjoyment because of it. And it it sounds like that is the case for you. So that's that's awesome. Goal accomplished. Checkbox done. Yeah. Um. So I say the next shout out here uh, comes to us from, I believe this is Audible, uh, from Jordan, who says, uh, I've been playing Destiny off and on since Destiny 1, and back then I really didn't pay much attention to the story or anything, so everything was just go here, shoot this bad guy, go over there, kill this bad guy, Uh, but you guys really put it together to where now everything makes sense. Keep up the good work and thank you for everything you do. Um, so, and this, they, they have a PS on this. Um, 
so at, at first, thank you very much. It's again, it's always great to hear that we can add some context for people so they can get more enjoyment out of things. Absolutely. Um, but the, the PS here says, I've pretty much caught up on everything and I just wanted to ask because I might've missed it. Um, did you guys ever cover that you can find Amanda holiday in the EDZ? So I'm, what? I am not sure what you're referring to there. Um, I'm gonna have to run around the EDZ a bunch. I didn't realize she was in there. I, yeah. I, I was fully under the presumption uh, or the assumption that she died. Like in the, oh, maybe you can find her body. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if... that. I I know where that. Yeah. Uh, I know where that quest location is in the one that she dies. It's it's the same location back in uh, original Destiny that uh, you got a tank and you were you were storming the um um the ship. The it it looked like it it looked nice in a nice short truce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> what Cade's <laughs> a what nothing. Uh. So yeah, it, it it's I I remember that mission location and I know where it's at. It's near one of the uh, foundries, one of the old uh, forges. Which yep. I don't even know if those are still accessible or not. I'd love to go check those out. I haven't been down that path in a while. So yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll when I get a chance, I'll run through that and uh, and go see if she's down there or see if there's something down there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not as far as I know. Like narratively, she she's died. She, she died. has died. She got um and. What was that season of the Defiant? Defiant? Yeah, uh, yeah, first season of yep. this year of, yep. of Lightfall. Yep. So I don't know if if maybe um, you were in a situation where you didn't do that season and are seeing her elsewhere because of a quest, or I don't know. So and, it, um, and if you haven't and you are now realizing that she's dead, we're so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. Sorry. We're so so sorry. <laughs> uh. But but yeah, I'm not aware of anything dealing with Amanda, so we'll we'll go scout around, see what we find. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We've been given homework. Usually we give you guys homework. Now we've been given homework. I like this. Hey, there you go. Uh, but no, by so we, thank I mean you. Myth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, our next shout out comes to us from Lord uh, Iron Lord Buns on Twitter. Nice. Uh, who nice. I know I know we've we've had one from before. Uh, who who says lore fathers, lore speakers, cult of myths and stories? Uh, love you guys. Uh, I've been waiting for these episodes for a while. Um, as Saint is the shit, and his helm is my go-to whenever I bubble titan. Keep up the good work. So thank as you, a clo- closet titan. I I appreciate this. Yes. Yeah. Um. He also goes on to say, I love seeing Zor really come to terms with being one of us Titans, even going Hi. so far as calling a certain warlock stupid. <laughs> Osiris is stupid. He did a lot of stupid shit, but I accept him for what he is, and that's a stupid warlock. Yeah. But uh, but no, I'm glad that, that you're enjoying it. And it sounds like specifically you're you're looking at the Saint and Osiris stuff. That was that was a fun one to do. Um they're characters that are prominent but never in like a personal way yeah um so it was they're they're always just like the mission leader yeah running tactical or whatever like yeah so it it was it was cool to kind of dig through where they came from and where they started and like what brought them to be the characters we know now uh so yeah that, that one that one was a fun one but um our last shout out comes to us from Dalton. 
uh, also on Twitter, uh, who just essentially has a, a GIF uh, saying, you know, me waiting for the episode uh, uh, lore behind Warlord's Ruin, which is the newest dungeon that dropped. And it's just a, a GIF so of eating popcorn. Uh, so <clears throat> yes. This, this dungeon might be my favorite dungeon. Really, really enjoy the dungeon. Um, just from a gameplay experience, really, really enjoy the dungeon. Uh, there's some some good narrative stuff to dig into there uh, that we're Zora and I are still actively going through the quest yeah. for. Um, <laughs> the collectibles aren't readily available. Like you have to quest yeah. for the collectibles, and it's kind of confusing the two of us. And it's like, I want it. Give me more. I want more. <laughs> so it's just like finish the dungeon, run it again. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's one that is going to require multiple run throughs just to get the full like storyline that's that's being presented there. Um, plus, the dungeon dropped on Friday, and I have been like this since like Wednesday, uh, so we're we're taking it a little slow. Uh, expectations are at the moment that our next episode will be all about the dungeon goodness, so you yeah. won't have to wait too much longer. Woo! All righty. Well, was that all the all the shout-outs? Yep, that is all the shout-outs for this episode. Uh, if you like what you heard and you want to support us in some way, uh, leaving a review or um, honestly just spreading the word, letting other people know, like, hey, maybe if, if they're interested in the lore, um, you know, passing us along as a, a potential reference to see if they, they vibe with the stuff we're putting out is always great. Uh, but say if um, you feel strongly enough that you want to leave a review, if your platform allows it, you can leave a text review. We love seeing those. If not, you can reach us at Myths and Stories, uh, Z instead of an S, on Twitter uh, or at gmail.com, Myths and Stories at gmail.com. You can email us as well. And you may see yourself as a future shout out. Because Twitter may die eventually. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. It might die. I don't Maybe. know. We don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's an enigma. <laughs> it's an enigma. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I got a thank you to give out. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, thank you, Riven Desk. Desk of Riven. <laughs> uh, desk of a thousand words. There you uh, go. Desk of a thousand books. Uh, you are amazing. And... Uh, Please don't shapeshift while I am looking at certain websites. Thank you, Desk of Ribbon. Anything else, Smith? No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then from all of us Lord Daddies to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next time.